We're on a mission from God. And now for something completely different. Hello, I'm Pastor Matt Youngblood-Clark from Ascension Lutheran Church in beautiful South St. Louis. And I am Pastor uh, Jolly John Lekomsky, and I just happen to be coming to you from Northfield, Minnesota, where the weather is a very pleasant 70, 80 degrees. I don't know what, this is airing the first weekend in July. I don't know what it'll be like, but I'll tell you how much, Matt. I'd be willing to bet money it'll be a lot cooler than where you're at. <laughs> I, I think you're pretty safe to say that, John. <laughs> As we're recording this, it sounds like the end of the week, the high is supposed to be 100. So we'll be in the triple digits. This is yep. the time of year to be in Northfield, Minnesota. No doubt about that. Well, you know, the irony is, is when we came at the beginning of June, they were actually having record high temperatures, 20 degrees above normal. We were in the high 90s, hitting 100, which, of course, never happens any time the beginning of June. But yes, yes, I do believe this is done now and we're back to what is normal. Um, I do need to say one thing before we get started here. Um, so, you know, I've often commented on the fact that my wife hates repetition. You, you, you remember that. Right? <laughs> yes, I think I think you've said that before. You, you've, yeah. You're repeating yourself. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, see, that's what she said to me. She said, you know, John, that's repetition too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 dear apologize, apologies to my wife, and I'm thinking maybe I shouldn't have even brought it up because this is probably repetition as well. <laughs> okay, she might have a point, John. <laughs> <laughs> but so here's the thing: no, no repetition today. We're going on to some brand new material, nothing that you've heard uh, in, in the past few weeks and past few months, uh, Matt. You've whole new sermon series you're doing, I understand. And why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, you bet. Did we say what the radio show is first? Though, I don't John? think we did. So okay. we probably should probably that, yes. This is <laughs> Wrestling with wrestling the Basics. With the basics. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, there wasn't a corny joke at the beginning to signal this is Wrestling with the Basics. So I thought, <laughs> well, we better announce it this time. <laughs> better tell them. Better tell them. Oh, boy. Yeah. So during the summer months, I try to take advantage of that time to, to focus on a sermon series, uh, to focus people's attention on a, a specific book of the Bible or a section of Scripture. Um, there's other times in the church here, for instance, like Christmas or Advent or Lent or Easter, where you kind of have a clear theme, right? You know, what, right. what's going on? The Bible readings all kind of tie together. But during the summer, the, the readings that we read that are assigned in the lectionary, at least, they, they don't have a, a super clear theme. They might follow a certain gospel or a book from the Bible, but uh, for the most part, not a not a super clear theme. So kind of a nice chance to, to engage in a sermon series. Uh, so what we're focusing on uh, this summer at Ascension is the armor of God, uh, the armor of God. And so we're using, of course, what Paul lists in Ephesians chapter 6, the whole armor of God. But we're also using a book that was recently published uh, by Concordia Publishing House. Um, the, the copyright is 2021. So, I mean, this is hot oh, off the press. hot off the press, um, yeah. So we're one of, we, I, see, I've got the inside track, though, John. I'm spoiled here in St. Louis. Uh, CPH is here in St. Louis, that publisher. 
Um, one of our members is is in charge of the books. He edits the books and and oversees that process. So she's able to give me the inside scoop of what's coming out and what's worth reading. So she said, "Hey, Pastor, this one's worth reading." So uh, she she passed on a copy to me and looked it over and thought, "Well, hey, this might be worth." using for a sermon series. So what we're doing, you know, in the sermons, I might incorporate a little from those books, but then also um, I always include a sermon outline in our bulletin. And if people turn in seven out of eight sermon outlines, then they get a copy of the book. Oh, you're kidding. I know. How can you afford to do that? Well, (laughs) you get like a discount. I know your wife works at CPH too. She's an editor. The bulk discount at CPH. Bulk discount? (laughs) Well, no. Are you getting kickback on this too, by the way, Matt? I know. Your How wife many times have we mentioned CPH so far? I think I get I, like, I like 10 bucks per, per time I mention it, I think. Yeah. <laughs> no, no kickbacks, unfortunately. But if they'd like to sponsor Rest with the Basics, they would be more than welcome to. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Ah, there's um, no chance of that yeah. happening. <laughs> well, you know, I, you know, I don't know. Well, I don't know. I, I hope you're right, John. I hope that there are so many people that take me up on this challellenge that we run out of money buying books. <laughs> that well, that's, that's cool, though. Yeah, um, but yeah. I, I don't know. It's the summer months and, you know, uh, people on vacation, different things. So we're, we're, we're setting the bar pretty high. We're saying you, you got to do seven out of eight sermons um, to, to get this book. So uh, so we'll see. I'll, I'll keep you posted. I'll keep our listeners okay. posted, see how it goes. Um, so anyway, let's go ahead and read some of Ephesians chapter 6. Um, beginning with verse 10, it talks about the armor of God. And what we'll do in our, our sermon series and what I hope to do here in Wrestling with the Basics in, in future weeks, weeks is look at the individual pieces of armor. Uh, today, though, I'd like to first set the scene. Why do we have to even wear armor? <laughs> you know, wow, we can think about that. Because um, it's, it's, it itches. <laughs> <laughs> I know. And if you're in St. Louis, it's Chase, hot, John. It's hot. Chase, you don't want to be wearing armor and say, no. <laughs> if you're in Northfield, Minnesota, yeah, wear your armor all you want. When you're in St. Louis, you're going to be sweating. Um, so I, I think that's interesting because as Christians, maybe we're familiar with that phrase, the armor of God, and put on the armor of God. Well, why are we putting on this armor anyway? Why is it necessary for us to be wearing this armor? Uh, why would Paul even use that language? And so well, let's, I, let, let's explore I that wanna, a little bit. I don't want to steal your thunder, but he actually says in the text why we need the armor <laughs> I know, but yeah, thank you, anyway. Paul, 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 the apostle of <laughs> yeah. what a guy. Yeah, you're exactly right. Uh, so, so let's listen for that. Listen for why Paul says we should wear this armor. So, why don't we read uh, verses ten uh, through? Uh, let's see here, 13, 10 through thirteen. Okay, all right. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, uh, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, pour up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. All yeah, right. Yeah. There we go. Okay. Thank you. So so who is the if we after wear armor, well then certainly there's some sort of enemy. There's someone who's right. trying to attack us. So this armor is sort of a a defensive armor as we read through the different pieces. A defense against who? Who who is it, John? Well, it says it says the schemes of the devil. 
Yes. Uh, and then also talks about the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, we're talking about, first and foremost, the devil, right? Uh, we pray yeah. in the Lord's Prayer, deliver us from evil, or deliver us even maybe more accurate, from the evil one. Uh, so, first and foremost, Satan. And then Paul goes on to really point out that this isn't, you know, an earthly enemy in terms of some nation that we're defending against or an individual we're defending against. No, this is, these are, these are spiritual, cosmic powers even, right? The present darkness, spiritual forces of evil. So if we're fighting these spiritual forces of evil, well, then the armor that we're putting on is, is really a, it's a spiritual armor. Uh, this isn't, these aren't physical enemies, okay? It's not uh, flesh and blood enemies necessarily. So we don't have to put on a flesh and blood type armor that's literally made out of chain mail and metal and, and whatever else and leather perhaps. Instead, no, we're putting on not that physical armor, uh, but a, a spiritual one. Uh, thankful for that in the middle of the summer. <laughs> but uh, but, it, but that's that's something to keep in mind is, okay, spiritually, what do we need to put on to be on guard against the devil and these other evil spiritual powers. And 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 I think it's worth pointing out, Matt, that that, that clarification needs to be made because if we were actually listening to Paul's words uh, in the original Greek, when he talks about rulers, and in fact, I'm not sure why they translate cosmic powers. I know why, because it's from the word cosmos, but, but it's the usual world for just a world ru ruler mm -hmm. uh, uh, there. Uh, so uh, you might hear this and think, oh, well, he's talking about like uh, uh, the Roman emperor uh, and, and the various Roman governors that, of course, oppose Christianity and persecuted Christians. Uh, and I think it's kind of clever that everyone uses terms that would have brought to mind those persecutors. But Paul's saying, you know what, that's not really our problem. <laughs> yeah. Our problem is the devil who lies behind these worldly earthly rulers. Uh, rulers. <laughs> rulers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's spiritual forces. And, and, and you're right, that's why we need, we need um, not just to have earthly armor and to have earthly armies and earthly defense, but we need something far greater than that that can only come from God. Exactly. And I, I think what, what even emphasizes that point even more is, where is Paul writing these words from? He's in prison, isn't he? Yes, yeah. yeah. So if there's going to be ever a time where a guy's going to go, okay, we need to take up arms against the Romans, against the government, yeah. against the people who imprison me. Well, it would be Paul who would say that, but that's not at all what he says. Like you pointed out, even in prison, <laughs> even perhaps under guard there himself, he writes that, no, no, our enemy is, is the devil, the spiritual forces. Uh, it's not an earthly nation. It's not the Romans that we need to overthrow or overcome. No, it's it's something well, even bigger than that, frankly. Um, and and perhaps yeah, maybe the devil does is behind evil that's done in this world, and maybe even the evil acts of individuals uh, and even governmental leaders at times. We think of those atrocities that have been done throughout history, right? And certainly, yeah, evil and Satan behind that. But ultimately, Paul's saying, yeah, this is a spiritual battle. And our enemy isn't isn't the Romans or 
fill in the blank of the nation today we might be uh, angry with or might be uh, causing oppression. No, ultimately, it's it's Satan himself. And, and Matt, you know, see, this just hits home for me because we got the same thing going on in the church now. I, I think it's more uncomfortable to be a Christian today than it was, say, when I began the ministry some 40 years ago. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and, and the danger is, again, we begin to think, well, we need to have political solutions to this. It's a matter of the people we elect. It's a matter of the laws we pass. Uh, in fact, I know some of my fellow clergy when when there were some restrictions during the COVID. Oh, they wanted they wanted to take the governor to court and, and everything. And, and again, I'm not saying anything is that, like that is necessarily sinful. God has given us the kingdom of the right, and we have every use to use the kingdom of the left, the government. Uh, we are citizens of this nation, so I'm not saying. But but I do think there's a danger there that we forget that the real problem never ever has to do with the kingdom on the left. That always has to do with the prince of this world, the devil, who certainly uses the kingdom of the left. But, but you know, it, it's interesting when the disciples were arrested, uh, you don't see them uh, uh, <laughs> wanting to turn to the civil system. No, they simply say, you know, we're, we're just doing what God tells us, right? We must obey God rather than men. Uh, and of course, the argument is often made that Paul, you know, he, he did say, I want to take it to Caesar. But see, that didn't end his persecution. That actually completed his persecution, didn't it, Matt? That's mm-hmm. that's why he he could have been released. They were ready to release him. So by appealing to Caesar, he actually ends up being put into jail. But precisely so he could go and preach and minister to those people there uh, in the the household of the uh, cosmic powers, uh, as it says here in the rulers. Uh, well, when I, when we're going to court, I don't think that's our intent. <laughs> mm-hmm. We're not we're not going to preach the gospel. We're going because we want what we claim as our rights. And I don't know. I'm just thinking, we can do that, but I'm not sure if that's the best way to witness to the world. Anyway, enough of my editorial yeah. opinion, Matt. Well, no, no, I no, I think it's a point well made. It we don't have ultimately. You know, Paul is trying to put in perspective what our ultimate enemy is here, and ultimately yeah. the enemy isn't an earthly one. And so ultimately the tools that we use to to fight or defend against that enemy aren't earthly tools, right? It's not us, you know, bringing up lawsuits as Christians necessarily, but no, it's the spiritual tools and it's the the spiritual armor of God that that Paul lists in the following verses. So I think, yeah, Paul keeps things in perspective in in these verses. And and that's the thing, and I really appreciate you bringing this up because we only have spiritual weapons. And there's a danger for us to to try to turn to earthly, worldly weapons. It happens throughout history that people go to war over Christianity. Uh, but I think Martin Luther does a particularly good job of pointing out, no, the only weapon we have is the spiritual weapons that you're going to be talking about in the world to come. Yeah. Well, let's do it, John. So let's yeah. let's talk about the very first one. So the first weapon, the first piece of armor that Paul lists, I, I don't think is an accident. I, I think there's some rhyme and reason to why Paul lists this first. So what's the first piece of armor he lists there in verse 14? Stand, therefore. And, and by the way, I think that's cool, too, because he ends the other verse by saying standing firm. And then he repeats that word again. <laughs> yes. Okay? Yeah, same exact word, histemi, stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. Yeah. Stand. I like that. We'll come back to that word. Stand. Stand 
having put on the belt of truth. So that's the first piece of armor is the belt of truth. You know, I, some have speculated that maybe while Paul's under arrest outside of a cell, he can see a Roman soldier. And as he's writing this, he's reflecting on what the soldier's wearing, his armor. And he's, he, he, he identifies each piece and he calls it the belt of truth. I think that's kind of a neat image of, of Paul looking at that soldier as he writes. Yes. I think this is kind of cool. But why the belt of truth? Well, I think it's because of who the enemy is. Uh, we just read that in the verses you read earlier um, in chapter six, that this is the devil. And what does Paul call him? The schemes of the devil. The devil's a schemer. He's a liar. He's a deceiver. He's a fraud. He's a falsifier. You know, pick your adjective to describe who the devil is. He's dishonest, right? And so what's the best defense against a liar like the devil, a deceiver like him? Well, truth. And so Paul starts with the belt of truth. And I I think that's important, a good starting place. Um, You know, if the devil is the deceiver, if he is the liar, one of his most powerful lies, really, one of his most dangerous ones, is that there is no truth, that there's really mm. no absolute truth. Um, this book that we're reading, there's an illustration in it, uh, this book that we're giving away to, to folks that participate in our sermon series. Um, I, I think this is kind of interesting. He talks about the Oxford English Dictionary and how every year it has its word of the year. Um, and he gives a few examples. You know, 2005, the word was podcast. Uh, so these are words that kind of became popular that year. That, that's us. We're podcast. Yeah, that's Matt. us. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, for sure. So yeah. we're the word of the year. Okay. The word of the year. Uh, 2009, they chose unfriend. <laughs> you know, like how you <laughs> unfriend someone on social media. You're not, they're not friends in their, with their social network anymore. Uh, 2013, the word was selfie, of course, taking your, your, a picture of yourself with your cell phone. I can't believe that was only 2013. It seems like we've used that <laughs> word forever. Um, and then 2016, here's this point. The, the okay. word of the year was post-truth. Uh, post-truth, oh, oh. Um, a- as if the truth is a, a thing of the past, right? Mm, mm. <laughs> and then, you know, they have a, a number of reasons why they chose that word, and there's cultural commentators, and, you know, post-truth, there's there's really no truth because, you know, we see all these different news networks providing different versions of the truth. There's social media when people can post anything on the internet and say that it's truth, whether it is or not. And uh, reflecting on that word of the year, the, the Washington Post uh, newspaper uh, went so far as to say that truth is dead. <laughs> truth is dead. And I, I think that the devil would love that if the truth was dead. Uh, but I think then that causes us as Christians to ask the question then, well, you know, uh, what is truth and where is truth found? And of course, for us, uh, truth is found in, well, in, in God's word, which mentions the word truth over 250 times. Oh, wow. And, wow. Uh, well, this is a lot. And the, the person who talks about truth the most, perhaps, is, is Jesus himself. Um, well, and, and, and Matt, he is the truth. Isn't that what he yeah, says? Exactly. I am the so, truth yep. and the way and the life. Oh. Yep, exactly. So, you know, John 14, right? I am the way, the truth, and the life. So you're exactly right. The, the, the Bible's truth, but, but the reason God's word is so very important is because it points us to the one, well, who is truth? Who is truth yes. in yeah. flesh and blood, truth incarnate? You're exactly right. Uh, the one who 
who embodied truth, not just when he was incarnate, you know, when he was in Mary's womb and born, but also the truth when he was crucified and when he rose and ascended and one day when he's going to return. So I think, you know, they claim truth is dead. We can say, well, well, not so fast. The truth is alive because Jesus, our Savior, is alive. Uh, that's how we know truth is alive and well, because Jesus is alive. And like you said, John, he is the truth. Uh, thanks well, be to God for that. You know, there, there's some irony in that because I suppose we could say, yeah, truth was dead, <laughs> but now it's alive. Yes. Yeah, for, for three <laughs> days, right? You know, in the tomb, at least. Yeah, if the truth was dead, Satan was probably happy about that, at least initially. Uh, but no, the truth is alive. We'll never die again, right? Uh, lives forever. Um, could I could I just make a comment about that whole post truth thing? No, sure. Because I, th I I think that's interesting because that's been one of the hot things. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, the truth yeah. is all relative, and the post truth we live in a post. You bet. But but see the thing that takes me is nobody actually believes that. The the only truth that is dead is your truth. <laughs> My mm -hmm. truth is still alive and well. <laughs> see, <laughs> whatever right. I think that's no no. So that always tickles me because nobody actually believes that there is no truth. It's just that your truth doesn't count. My truth is still okay. Yeah. Uh, and, and like you said, see, that's the danger for us as Christians, that we don't fall into that trap. We're not saying that our truth is alive and your truth is dead. No, we're saying the truth, Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's the truth. And, and of course, he is the truth because he's the only one that died and came back. No one else can make that claim. So one else can really claim then that they are the way, the truth, and the life. Because uh, no one else has pulled off that in, in the history of all mankind, Jesus is the only one who is able to do it. So, yep, amen. Yeah, for sure. So we've we've got the deceptions of the devil, the lies of the devil. But this, I, there's another interesting observation this book makes, and it, it's it's this that in the Bible, yeah, the Bible associates lies with Satan, right? He's even called mm -hmm. the father of lies, no doubt father about that. Of lies. But the Bible links falsehood, deception to, to someone else in even more instances than it does the devil. And you know who that is? You're talking about us, us. <laughs> man, yes, people. Us. Yeah. yeah, isn't is that, that right? Even, even more often than warning against the devil's lies, the, the Bible warns against our own lies and our own self-deceit. Um, I think that's, you know, pretty fascinating, you know, so when we're talking about the belt of truth, keep that in mind too, right? Hmm. So it's a defense against the devil, right? No doubt about that. We just read about that in Ephesians 6. But hey, you know, also examine ourselves as we're strapping on that belt of truth, right? Um, and, you know, and there's lots of Bible verses about that. Jeremiah 17 says the heart is deceitful above all things, desperately sick. Uh, Romans 3 says that all have turned aside and, and used their tongues to deceive. It's talking about us. It's talking about people. Um, and so I think of, you know, my mind goes to 1 John chapter 1 right away, right? If we say we're without sin, we deceive mm -hmm. ourselves, the truth, well, the truth isn't in us. Uh, but then, of course, that, that verse goes on so beautifully, as we know so well, hopefully, that if we confess our sins, you know, God is faithful and just to forgive our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Uh, thanks be to God for that, uh, for sure. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the truth of the matter is, right, the devil is the deceiver. We deceive ourselves, but there's forgiveness, forgiveness from that self-deception, and also protection against the devil too, 
in the same thing, in the word of truth, uh, the belt of truth. Um, and, and, and again, uh, just as we wrap up here, um, when Jesus was tempted by the devil in the wilderness, um, the devil is trying to deceive Jesus himself. Uh, but Jesus, he straps on the belt of truth. Uh, every time the devil comes at him, three times, and three times Jesus comes back with scripture, right? With that word of truth. Uh, and the same should be for us. Uh, so I encourage our listeners today, uh, strap on the belt of truth. You know, strap on God's word, in other words, where, where that truth is found, that truth centered in Jesus Christ. Whether it is a, a podcast or whether it's Rise of the Basics or your own reading or whether it's talking about your scripture readings with a friend or whether it's just meditating on it as you go out for a run or as you go driving in your car, just that the word of God would, would dwell in you richly, that you would put on that belt of truth uh, daily. Uh, so important. Um, so I'm going to end real quick, John, as our, our, our time wraps up um, with with a, uh, uh, a, a theological truth that's in a country music song, okay? All right. Hey, Matt. Hey, yeah. Matt. We're yeah. out of time. Okay. Well, can next I, week, Can I okay? save my country music quote for next time? Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, good. That'll, that'll get people back next week. <laughs> so this has been Wrestling, Wrestling with, the, with basics. the Basics. 